Tonight on DC On Screen, Dan DiDio has parted ways with DC. We have an extended look at the Battenson suit, Ben Affleck's feelings on Jeff Johns, and his real reason for leaving Gotham behind, and Netflix apparently wants even more Lucifer. All that, so much more. Plus, we answer your questions right after this well-placed advertisement of unknown content. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 585. I'm David C. Robertson, and this is my trusty co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. This is the podcast where we discuss the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we do not want it to be. If it's been released, it is fair game, so beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. What's up, man? Yeah, yeah. Same old. It feels like it's been forever since we talked. No, this has been a normal week. A normal, rainy as fuck week. You know, and I mean, I say it feels like we've it's been forever, but we just got up and peed together after doing a Harley Quinn season one review, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We were on the phone. Yeah. While we were urinating, like best I friends mean, do. In real life, still not that weird. You know, you hit the opposite side of a tree kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying we weren't we weren't looking at each other's I would, dingles. I would wager that peeing in general has gone up in our area right now because it has not stopped <clears throat> raining in Birmingham for five fucking weeks. Right, it does have that effect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind because <laughs> I don't mind rainy weather, but good God! Mm. Yep. Yeah. All right, so uh, we've been casting for quite a bit tonight, so we're gonna. Go and get 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 into it. Get underway. Rip that shit out. What I was trying to say. That's a <clears throat> uh FJC509 over on uh, Apple Podcast left us a five star review. Says, Love this podcast. As a DC fan, this is a must listen to. Uh, thank you. You have been entered into the giveaway. The giveaway where we're giving away a Joker digital code. And this is the last week for that giveaway. And all you have to do to be entered is to leave us a written review on your chosen podcatcher service, Facebook, or share us on your social media. Then please take a screenshot or just tell us, like send us a message, whatever. Let us know you're officially entering the contest. There are plenty of people who already have the Joker digital code and really just want to help us out because they love us. I appreciate it. But if you, the rules are literally give anyone a shout out and then Mm -hmm. give us a shout out about having done so. Absolutely. And uh, also, I, by the way, did you say it was the end what? of February? Uh, we'll we'll do it at the beginning of March. We'll March, actually okay. announce it at the, the with the random number generator, and uh, we'll do. I that. didn't realize this was a leap year, so you got one extra day. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't catch that. Uh, hell, we may have even talked about it, but I forgot about it until I was at work. Uh, we have a Saturday schedule that's a rotating thing. Uh-huh. And somebody came up to me and was like, "Hey, we revised the schedule, and you work next weekend." Uh, we had forgotten that was a fucking thing. <laughs> we were just going to be closed. That sucks. Oh, I don't care. I show up in overtime. Fuck it. <laughs> Fair enough. It's, All right. It's like five uh, hours. I'm out by noon. Fuck. I don't care. Right. Now, I do want to thank our amazing patrons, and Jason does too. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> if you would like to join their ranks, please pop on over to patreon.com slash DC on screen. $1 a month gets you every episode ad free. $5 a month gets you that plus extra episodes like attention deficit discussions, chasing squirrels, Jason's pull list, and whatever the hell else we feel like putting up. Um, either way you will get a shout out and a thank you on the show. Now let's get, let's get into this news, man. End of the meat. Dude, Dan DeDio 
has left DC. It feels like a big deal, but I don't know the circumstances yet, and I don't know how to. No feel one about does. It. No one does. This is the co-publisher who was, uh, you know, uh, in charge during Infinite Crisis Fifty Two, the New Fifty Two relaunch, uh, DC he's, Rebirth. Yeah, he's a big chunk of the DC Comics history. And by the way, publisher who moved to co-publisher once, uh, Jim Lee, I believe. That's right. Is so Jim the, Lee is the sole publisher now at the at the moment. At the moment, which and is you know who, not a bad direction the, at, uh, but, by any stretch. But by the way, do you know who? Who appointed Dan DiDio as publisher? Uh, no. Who you got? Diane Nelson. <laughs> My nemesis. Your nemesis, Diane Nelson. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it looks like uh, there's going to be a little bit more of a changing of the guard over at DC. Which, we know that a lot of books aren't making their deadlines. Uh, there's been some issues with the, the black label. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff that just hasn't really been great over there they're not doing they're not making meeting their quotas or what what they were expected to meet or something from what i understand yeah like production wise um, not great content wise uh, pretty solid and yeah honestly from all the creators that i've seen who are, are talking about uh short of rob liefeld who's apparently just like fuck that guy i'm good this is fantastic mm-hmm. uh all literally all of the other creators that i've seen any kind of comment from have been very happy with their time with Dan Didio. Like Scott Snyder even said, yeah, we've had our throwdown arguments and I'm paraphrasing, but apparently mm-hmm. they've had some very heated discussions about stuff. But he also said, yeah, but this is the guy who let me back all of the stuff. This is the guy that let me do the, you know, uh, what's the mirror? Sorry. I'm black mirror, black mirror. Yeah. Um, who let him really get started in rewriting that universe. And, fucking scott snyder's take on this universe has been phenomenal like game changing Mm -hmm. uh, wonderful stuff that you can still go back and have another take on later he's left enough stuff in the air that you can play with yeah Uh, as far as i can tell he made some really good calls but yeah there have been some production issues uh there have been issues of stuff that haven't gone out anywhere Mm -hmm. close to the time they were supposed to uh and i don't know if that's related i really don't i don't know from the history of every single issue if that's strange or if that's just how it is i i i I don't know but you know dc hasn't come out with an official statement about it uh dan dio uh has confirmed that he's left but he hasn't said anything necessarily about why Um, he also has been there a fucking minute so if it's just a matter of him retiring unexpectedly then okay yeah now uh ryan also sidebar might just be sick like sick in a way that he's gonna have to deal with because Sometimes this is the kind of thing you see where uh-huh. it's just somebody's going to bail on something and then like, oh, okay, we have cancer. Oh, okay. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. Uh, our buddy Ryan, but- the amazing Rye guy over on Twitter says, um, and apparently I deleted that. Cool. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Says, with Dan DiDio leaving DC, what are your hopes and more realistic expectations concerning the inevitable next crisis and reboot that will follow? Keep continuity going, even though it's a massive mess at the t- at times, or truly go back to start from square one? Or don't make the mistakes New 52 made where everyone but Green Lantern and Batman had fresh new continuities, thereby, tr- thereby trying to force nearly two decades worth of Green Batman and Green Lantern continuity into a five-year timeline, which I personally think is the biggest mistake of the new two fifty, the new fifty two. Uh, That's a lot to unpack. I know. I I would argue that 
uh, Scott Snyder with what he's doing right now over the last few years has been slowly doing the next crisis the entire time. They didn't call it yeah, that. I I tend to think that where they are right now between Jeff Johns doing Doomsday Clock and we have uh, Tom King doing some of his stuff and who, who else? Who else? Snyder. Um, Snyder, Tinny in the Fourth. Uh, yeah. Williamson over on Flash. I think there are plenty so of people. So many other people that I can't uh, name off the top of my head. I think the best thing that they could do probably would be let Jim Lee just steer it. steer. Let Jim Lee steer the ship and uh, keep the people in place that are in place and let them tell their stories. That would be my thought. But I'm not in the business, so I don't know what all that looks like or what all those responsibilities look like necessarily. Um, yeah. I don't want to reboot, though. I, I really don't. Like I like really? Rebirth. Uh, I like where that's a lot of the stuff that I'm hearing is going. Including Wally West in in the freaking uh, Metron chair, forward thing. you know, with yeah, yeah, with with Manhattan which is a powers result of Heroes Shit. in Crisis or Sanctuary, whatever you want to call it, which is a Tom King thing. Which right, which I remembered who was writing Flash Forward because they've done a great job, um, mm-hmm. but I don't off the top of my head, and, and I'm sorry. I um, I have to admit I'm a little concerned about the five G thing. I don't know where that's going, and I'm I not- feel like that's a the Dio thing. I'm not super but enthused, not. but I don't I don't know where it's going yet, so I'm gonna give it a hard maybe. But well, from what I'm what I've heard, it sounds very much like a modern take on sort of what Darwin Cook was trying to do in New Frontier. Oh. And I actually really like what new, what he did with New Frontier. Where yeah, it was I love like, New Frontier. Yeah. Where like the Justice Society and the Justice League happened in the same universe, et cetera, et cetera. Like and there was a natural progression of heroes. I like that a lot. So, I have seen that. I yeah. have seen that and some spoilers about what they're going to try to do with the timing of certain things. But it's still, it's a lot to take on in a world where I think there's already a lot going on. And if you look at mm-hmm. the top 10 for the last few years of, you know, best-selling comic books, DC is very well represented. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think the industry overall is declining a little bit because paper copies of shit is just declining. But right. overall, I, I don't, I mean, I'd be happy to see figures otherwise, but I don't think that, you know, DC Comics publication-wise is really hitting like a, a hard spot in a rock kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, aside aside from like scheduling issues and some, you know, uh, problems with uh, getting stuff out on time, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think they need to basically say, okay, this doesn't need to be, I think basically certain creators, if... They just need to say, look, we need to have all of this done and ready to ship before we ever put out the first issue. Yeah. And sort of like how the movies are doing it right now, they definitely need to be like, this is main timeline. These are like the separate graphics and whatever that we do or miniseries that we do with creators who get to tell whatever kind of stories they want to because they're comic book gods. <laughs> yeah. And and that be it. Like that's And personally, I think it would be smart... If they move to an all digital format uh, initially, you know how like they do like, oh, these books are going to be digital first and then they're going to come out later in print if they're popular enough. Yes. Yes. Cheaper digital first, later in print and trade if if, if they're popular enough. I think that's what they need to do in this yeah, changing I mean, landscape. I get it. I wouldn't disagree with you, but I would. And even my pocketbook wouldn't disagree with you, but eh, I do love having a copy of things. I understand. But I can get that copy later, so no mm-hmm. big deal. Mm-hmm. See, I just really liked the collected works later. 
after like yeah you can you can get the you know it wouldn't even be that bad you know if you i mean i get it i will order digital copies of books and then about at the halfway point if i've uh decided that i don't care about the book anymore i may just abandon it and if i'm just Mm -hmm. still reading it voraciously at the halfway point i'll actually just order a physical copy to have on my shelf so i can go flip that through later absolutely and how about this you know, we were just talking on the Harley Quinn uh, review about the possibility that DC Universe could just take all of their original programming, put it on HBO Max exclusively, no more production from DC Universe, and make that an exclusive comic book situation. Well, right now, we have to wait a certain amount of time, like a year or six months or some shit, for new stuff to come out. What if they, for DC Universe, they gave us a higher tier, we pay a little extra, and you get all the new books in digital format on DC Universe? I think that would be pretty fair. I would take it. Just I would thought, probably I don't take know. it. I don't know. I, like I said, I'm not in the business. I don't. I can't look at all that and go like. Oh, either we're well, we're definitely the on the outside, but the industry is changing, and something needs to be done. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I'm, again, I'm not sure if they're exaggerated or abnormal, but there have been some deadline issues and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. and at least one meeting. Yeah, they have a like a summit meeting every year where they talk about where they're going with each book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically like renting a conference room and just going over everything with the people who were mainly on the books at the time. And the last one I heard about, it was just scuttlebutt. I don't know. But the last one I heard was very much a, this was an argument kind of situation. Right. So it, yeah, it, it, you know, maybe it was getting a little heated with him and the other, the creatives. I don't, again, pure speculation there. Yeah. No I idea. Just a, just a possible explanation for a thing we know is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Not even pushing it. All right, let's uh, let's pop over to Birds of Prey real quick. Uh, the numbers on that aren't great. They're domestically seventy-two million, uh, seventy-two million three hundred twenty-six thousand eighteen worldwide. That brings it to one seventy-three, uh, one hundred seventy-three million four hundred twenty-six thousand eighteen. I think they'll, you know, they'll they'll break even and then some a little bit. And I'm sure their home video sales will be good. Uh, they're digital and whatnot but i mean they're they're well beyond breaking even as far as i could tell yeah as 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 we mentioned before though i think a lot of people still don't even know that it's out there and i keep talking to people who don't know that it's come out yet or that it was even a thing in the first place which is beyond me but they don't live and breathe this shit like i do so yeah no i i get it and i've had the same experience but (laughs) i've had a few conversations with people where i've said like oh yeah this is this is great and God help me. They've told me like, oh yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, that'll be out in a few weeks on my fire stick. So uh, yeah, I'll check that out. <laughs> right. I'm telling you this though. I swear on all that is holy. If you are out there and you and I'm following you for whatever reason and you say, get woke, go broke, you're getting blocked. Not even unfollowed, blocked. What does that even mean? Oh, that's a thing that misogynists and... Uh, <laughs> Oh, bigots get woke say, go broke. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what they say when they want to, if you point even out that, suggest yeah. empathy with an underrepresented crowd, you can mm-hmm. fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. My phrase. Oh, or, well, it's basically like, Oh, the general audience isn't going to, uh, support woke movies. Uh, uh, yeah. You put a woman in charge or at the lead of a movie or both as, as the case happens to be here. It's very uh, canceled. You, yeah, you're canceled. Go woke, get broke. Yeah. I'm not 
no more of that shit. I'm not, like, I have blocked every person I've seen do it. I'm on board. Uh, I'm good. Because that's stupid as shit. That is stupid as shit. Wonder Woman didn't go broke. Captain Marvel didn't go broke. What? And I, I'd argue this. I don't give a fuck what your personal beliefs are. If you're not going no. to watch a thing and then judge it, go fuck yourself. Absolutely. I watched Hellboy a few weeks ago. That's right. And you judged it harshly. <laughs> I judged it harshly. Deserved that. <laughs> but, and don't get me wrong, there are things that I will genuinely, like, I'll see a trailer for and be like, oh, I'm not into that. But that's all mm-hmm. I know at that moment. I have been surprised before. Go mm-hmm. fucking watch a thing before you give a shit about it. That's Don't right. And, I've, and, you know, I was... The last thing I saw that about was not even... Was not even uh, a DC property or, or any comic book property. Uh, I finally got around to watching the first four episodes of Hulu's High Fidelity with uh, with Zoe Kravitz. Oh. Fantastic. A wonderful reinterpretation, man. Uh, totally gets the flavor right. Throws in a few more ingredients into the recipe. Changes things up. It's fresh, but it feels familiar. Like, it's everything you want out of a remake. Brings a really fresh perspective um, to, to, that, to that idea and that story. And I haven't gotten to watch the last you know, four or five episodes, whatever it is. But um, I was excited about it and kind of went over to Twitter to see if I could find anybody talking about it. And the first thing I see was someone go, oh, oh, go, won't go broke. And I just blocked them outright. I was just like, you piece of shit. You didn't even watch the thing, did you? Yeah, no, I'm okay with that. And I was aggravated because even John Cusack was like, oh, they'll probably fuck it up. <laughs> I've seen that. It happened with the guy from uh, Princess Bride too. I forget his name. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. But you know what I mean? Uh, Carrie Elway? The- no, uh, the the blonde dude, the like the main yeah. guy. Yeah, Carrie Elway. Oh, Carrie. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> that sounded familiar once I'd heard it again. Uh, but th- there was uh, news a little while back that was like, oh, we're gonna do a Princess Bride reboot, and he kind of said like, well, I mean, I don't see how you can, <laughs> I don't see why you need to reboot such a perfect interpretation. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought you're not wrong. That is a fucking fantastic movie. Just yes, it is. soup to nuts. A great movie. Mm-hmm. Are you saying 25 years later you can't possibly find a reinterpretation of that movie? Because I think we can maybe give it another go. Yeah, I think I think it would be okay, too. That's yeah. fine. And I realize again, this flies uh, just uh, right in the face of my take that uh, I don't think remake should be done as much. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, you know, you can give me all the shit you want, and you're probably right that I'm making a slightly arbitrary <laughs> judgment here, but, yeah, was it perfect? No, probably not. I mean, to me, Shaun of the Dead is the perfect movie. Like, it, it, as far as, like, the scripting of it, the, the mm-hmm. execution, all of that, it's, it's to me, like, a 100% correct film. And yeah. uh, you can talk to me about my interpretation of the word correct if you want to, but that thing is a tight-as-fuck film. But if you ask me 30 years from now, or 20 years from now, I guess, hey, we want to try this again. Yeah, give it a shot, man. Go. Yeah. Same time, if you have a, a film premise as weak as Total Recall and you want to give that a shot 20 years from now, I don't know, man. I'm not <laughs> I'm not on board. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm always on board. I might not be interested necessarily, but I'm always like, yeah, give it a whirl, girl. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. If that I makes any it. sense, you know, I mean- 
just because they had the adventures of Robin Hood doesn't mean they shouldn't have done Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. I'm not saying Prince of Thieves was was good in any capacity, but without Prince of Thieves being so bad, we would have never gotten Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> Which was glorious. Which was glorious. <laughs> oh, it's going to bother me unless you tell me. What's the song? The what? What were they singing the about song? how they're men in tights? <laughs> no, what's the song from the uh, the uh, Costner interpretation? Oh, God, I, I'll never remember that. Oh, it's going to kill me. It's again, there's probably people yelling at me right now. Are you talking about the, um, oh, it was uh, Brian Adams, Everything I Do, I Do For You. Oh, Everything yes. I do, I do it for you. Yeah. Which, by the way, I I have never loved as much as I loved it on Arrested Development. With friggin' Job and his racially insensitive puppet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. God, I forgot about that. Yep. Anyway. Job, the avatar of old shitty songs that we're reviving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, oh. the guy that comes out to... Oh, Europe. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm right, just sorry. saying, you know, I don't know what we were talking about. I'm so lost. I don't even know which I'm property so we were lost. talking about. I think it was Birds of Prey originally. We were talking about Birds of Prey. Yeah. I don't know how we got on the remix though. I I don't I don't know exactly either. I do know that I understand that my interpretation of uh when a remake is valid or should exist is muddled and I am perfectly happy to talk about it with anyone who wants to help me articulate the point. Because I don't, I don't have it completely. Oh, I was going to say this. All right. Generally, I am okay with any kind of remake. I'm curious. I mean, a lot of these remakes, they just kind of go by the wayside and people don't really respond to them. And, you know, then I go to Walmart and there's like the 25th or 30th or whatever, what have you, anniversary mm-hmm. of the uh, of the original film and no one's talking about the other thing. And that's fine. I'm like, who cares? We saw another interpretation and uh, it didn't... It didn't attach to me the same way, and that's fine. But um, the one the one franchise I've always really thought like, yeah, no one better touch that shit is Back to the Future. And I was always really happy that Bob Gale had always said like, no, it's not going to be remade. There's no way until someone took a, a scene from Back to the Future and they did a deep fake on it and put Tom Holland's face on Michael J. Fox's body and Robert Downey Jr.'s face on Doc Brown. And since then, I cannot get the image of those two playing Doc and Marty out of my head (laughs) in a remake. I would love to see that. Yeah. I mean, we kind of already did. (laughs) I mean, a little bit, but I'm like, no, let's let's get Taika and do it right. Let's... (laughs) It, yeah, it's solid casting. I could get behind that all day. Or James Gunn or, or whoever. Just someone who knows how to make a damn good movie. Yeah. I mean, screw it. I'm you know what? I'm totally open now. Let's 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 do every interpretation of Back to the Future that we can. Let's get one with Taika, let's get one with Gunn, see how they do it differently. Let's bring mm-hmm. in Zack Snyder. I wanna see like Larry Fong doing like Back to the Future cinematography. Like yes. I just if we're gonna do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I want to see Larry Fong like blowing up that flux capacitor, dude. Like that's what I want to see. Like, ah, uh, yeah. Let's just do the whole thing. Let's do every 
I feel like every director now should have to, it should be a prerequisite. It should be mandatory before you get to direct any other movie. You have to make a version of back to the future. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to, you don't, you can use, you can use any element or none of the elements of the, of the trilogy. This is your entrance exam, essentially. But the basic premise has to be the same. Yeah. Guy goes back in time, crazy dot character created time travel. No, I mean, uh, basic premise, let me try to sum it up. Uh, Normalish dude meets crazy professor who has time capabilities and they try not to fuck it up. Uh Uh-huh. That sound accurate-ish? Sure. That's fine. Also, uranium. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was plutonium. Plutonium, sorry. I think. I actually think you're right. Sorry. Was it? I don't know. It's been 25 fucking years since I've seen a Back to the Future film. It's been like 25 days for me. It's been a goddamn minute. I think it is plutonium, though, once you said it. I think it's plutonium and the Ukrainians, I want to say. It's not, was it, no, it was Libyans. It was it Libyans? Yeah. Goddamn Libyans with their plutoniums. Yes, it was plutonium, which <laughs> he, you know, later replaced with a Mr. Fusion from the future. So you could just throw trash Perfect. and shit into it. Also, uh, something I've always loved, um, O'Reilly's, the auto parts store. Uh-huh. You're familiar? Yes. Uh, it's in our area, dollars, but, it, yeah. but it's a national franchise, so they, you yeah. know, they have on their website, for sale, a flux capacitor. Hmm. It says out of stock and not available for purchase. It, I think mm-hmm. it says you have to call a rep, and then there's no way to do that to, uh, a range of purchase mm-hmm. and then it has a series of properties about it can only be activated at like 82 miles an hour and shit like that that's funny yeah somebody put somebody put a little bit of love into that and i i appreciate it nice all right let's get back to birds of prey real quick all right back to what we real actually real do. quick gotcha real real quick mm-hmm. um <laughs> maybe we should <laughs> just change the name of the around show portion let's just change the name of the show to fans without boundaries yeah uh, <laughs> Fans without focus. <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> we really should. We should just change the name of the damn show at this point. Oh, all right. Yeah. So, so it's this girl on Twitter, Lauren Nakeo Win, wrote: If anyone is gonna see Birds of Prey again, watch Helena slide down the tunnel. One shot. Cameraman slides under Mary Elizabeth Winstead after she holds herself up. Uh, the camera then twists around to show her stabbing the goon. Hello, coordination. And the director, Kathy Yan, responded to this and says, That cameraman was our DP, uh, Maddie Libatique, who got destroyed by Mary Elizabeth Winstead and the 200-pound stuntman. That shot going to black was the collision. To be clear, Maddie was totally fine, walked right out of the tunnel like the badass he is. He also volunteered <laughs> to do this. <laughs> I could not be happier with anything. I know! Anything there. That's fucking awesome. That made like, me really they, happy. They still... They, they probably still tell stories about his bravery in, in the yeah. halls of Tunnel. whatever fucking Valhalla that DPs meet in, where they drink mead together and tell tales of their bravery and heroism. Mm-hmm. And God damn it, that was fantastic. That was. Like, hearing that story, like, I remember the shot, and I remember thinking that was a really incredible series of shots, but hearing the story behind it, I am so fucking happy. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, it's so good. All right, let's get over to the Batman. Uh, we we've got a whole bunch of new uh, pictures. People bunch took, of set uh, shit, of, yep. dude of, of of Batman in costume. And uh, 
I, you know, we, we talked a little bit last week about like what it looked like they were doing with the suit, where they were kind of pulling inspiration from. And I've seen a couple of people putting together some pretty solid theories. Um, those damn shoulder pads, you can't find them. I don't know where they come from. They look more like, uh, they look more like Ollie's arrow, uh, his arrow, uh, shoulder pads to me. But, um, hmm. I saw one guy say, uh, that they the hood footballish to me. They did a little bit. Yeah. Like the undercarriage of football before you put a Jersey on. Yeah. Uh, I saw one guy say that the, um, the, the cowl looked a lot like um, Gotham by Gaslight. It looked a lot like uh, Mike Mignola's cowl. Um, I do think it looks like that and um, that and, and Adam Night West. Night because of the, the flip collar. Dude, yeah. 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 Um, now, in the set pictures that we have, though, it looks like he's got like sort of like a like bubble goggles or or like a like a thin uh, plastic piece on the inside because he has to keep wiping them out in the set mm-hmm. pictures. But... You know, a lot of people are theorizing that means that we're going to have white eyes. I think maybe we might, but at the same time, I could see them totally just being like, he just has this on. This is what he's wearing. <laughs> you it know what I mean? Be. I'm still leaning heavily into, I hope we have white eyes, but mm-hmm. me too. I'll take the uh, interpretation. We'll deal with it as I it don't, comes. I saw a really close up picture of the cowl though. And mm-hmm. I mean, it literally looks stitched together. Like. Someone, I've seen a few people bitching that it looks like some CW shit. And I'm like, no, no, no. It looks worse than CW shit. And I think that's on purpose. It looks like a dude with a lot of money put something together and sewed it together him damn self. <laughs> I can see that. Also, the CW shit, like, you remember hearing uh, uh, Grant Gustin bitch about his uh, his Flash costume? And uh-huh. it wasn't it wasn't the the neck down that he was bitching about so much. I mean, that, that part for him is pretty breathable, relatively doable. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure a pain in its own right, but the face, because they want him to emote in that face, he doesn't mm-hmm. get to just have like a thing he puts on. That would look like some 19 fucking 90 shit. Mm-hmm. These days you have a little piece of latex that covers every little fucking piece of your musculature in your face. And by the way, lots of, of musculature in your face. Mm-hmm. Lots of emotive possibilities there. And they want him to all be able to interconnect and, and interlock and all that. So, like, he would... Uh, Grant would bitch about being in the fucking makeup chair for f- four hours just doing his face. Because they yeah. would have to latex glue every little fucking piece to it. And I, I get it. That's that's a lot. Yeah. And But it's there for a reason. It's, you know, from a CGI standpoint, it's there for a reason. Yeah. Now, you know, well, I'll say this. I've said it before. I'll say it again. What I'm hoping for is an eventual uh, move to, like, Deadpool expressions. Like, I want the white eyes with Deadpool expressions. I really do. I um, really want the white eyes. I, I think they're the best way to go, and I, I really appreciate a property picking them up. Absolutely. As as far as this whole costume, though, there's a lot to be there's a lot to love here, honestly. Like, the breastplate, the like the, like the torso... That's straight out of like freaking Batman Noel, dude. That's like Lieber Mayho and, and Damned. That's that's all that is with like and like all the straps and stuff underneath the the shoulder uh, the shoulder pads. Yeah, that's Arkham Origin, dude. That's they took that right out of Arkham Origin. The freaking belt, the leg belt. I love the leg belt. That shit's straight out of Year Zero or Zero that's Year. Solid. Uh, yeah. Um, including his little motorcycle. Dig that shit. Um, <laughs> that's and yeah, super solid. I, I didn't notice it at first, but the gauntlets—he's got the little apple pencils. 
What'd you call them? <laughs> Apple pencils. That's what they look like. Not really. They Apple they pencils. just. That's funny. You know what an Apple pencil is? The little that you use to draw with and do the stuff with on iPad. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks like he's got like an armament of Apple pencils. Um, See, I didn't catch it. Um, Ryan Hulsman pointed it out to me, and he he was right uh, that it really is reminiscent of the uh, the Court of Owls Talon. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Except the Court of Owls Talon looks like little miniature arrows. And these things, no, they were they projectile like, for Talon. For him, it didn't. It didn't look like they were going to be a projectile of any kind. Yeah, they look. They do. They look sort of like an Apple pencil, or like maybe something that Doctor McCoy would use on Star Trek. I don't know. Honestly, I've been. I've. I've spent some time thinking about why would I do that to my wrists? And part of me just thought, you know what? They're we call them gauntlets. Like mm-hmm. if I was at home, like in my garage, trying to design a way to protect my wrists, which theoretically are going to be some of the most important, uh, two of the most important parts of my entire defending myself capabilities. Mm-hmm. A bunch of steel rods just surrounding my wrists would be pretty fucking key. Probably, yeah. I mean, just literally, they could just be carbon steel rods going up and down my wrists. And I'm going to bet you it's going to save me a couple times. But they do have a very specific shape like they look like they're there for some sort of like removable they, purpose yeah they seem so uh you know machine oriented i guess like they it seems like there's a reason they're shaped that way but no. if you also told me yeah my best idea was to just strap some steel rods to my wrist and <laughs> be like well that makes sense right and no look the the, the shoulder like sorry the, the shoulder the uh the bat symbol uh, I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of people complain that there aren't ears on it, but there totally are. If you glance at it, you you will see it looks like a bat symbol because the way the breastplate is divided is like division. sharp. Yeah, the negative the, space the, does it. There's negative space of it. There's a sharp division where it kind of like arches up and it totally makes two bat ears. Yeah. Now, what's interesting, though, is we, we got a lot of these like clear daylight shots of the bat symbol or of the chest. And it looks like in between, whether or not you want to say guns or folded up batterings, whatever they happen to be, it looks like there is a sort of a uh, a ridged uh, cylindrical piece that looks like it would be removable that like is sitting in between them. Okay. I don't know what that is. Sometimes when we talk about set photos like this, I feel like we're diagnosing moments of the Roswell footage. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about Batman, dude. And I've seen a lot of people be like, why does he not have a cape? It's stupid. And like, dude, CGI, They'll add guys. post, man. They'll add yeah. post. Don't, don't freak out. Just because Christopher Nolan had Christian Bale or whoever his stuntman was riding around with a cape on, that shit never looked good. It never looked good to me. It just looked like he was, I was just kept waiting for him to get wrapped up in that giant back tire. Yeah. It's never the part <laughs> that I... I never walked away thinking, thank God they did that. And I genuinely don't remember it even existed until it gets brought up. Yeah. And honestly, like, I, though, as, as hokey as it looked in uh, in Spawn, that the old Spawn movie from the 90s, CGI yeah. capes were totally the way to go. Because no are. cape is going gonna, is gonna to look in real life. Literally the in way the CW you, shows, that's what they use because it's affordable and looks better. Uh-huh. Fact. It just Alrighty. does. So, um, jokes on Stu, SL Fricky on Twitter says, do you think the new Batsuit is a good match for what's said to be more of a detective story than we've gotten before? I, 
I mean, I want to say yes, but I don't think those ideas are tied together. I'm I'm gonna say yes because he's got a lot of pockets. It looks like he's got a lot of pockets. He's, like he's, he's got, got like a a Rob Liefeld mid '90s level of pockets, and he's got yeah. a leg belt with I, pockets. I, I, I like think he's got a lot of detecting gear in there. I think he, yeah, I, I, I could deal with that. I can. I, I just I don't. If you just looked at this version of the suit, I don't think you could. Like I think you're pushing the issue to say it's detective based. I mean, I think we can mm-hmm. trust from production that it's detective-based, but I don't think right. it really guides you one way or the other. It could just be a guy with a bunch of fucking weapons, just a fucking bruiser on the streets. <laughs> That's true, too. All kinds of ridiculous weapons up and down his body. That is true, too. But I think it, it, it does lend itself a little bit to to ma- making me feel like he's got some detective gear floating around on that. It looks like he's got a very practical suit with like lots of little compartments in the chest and in the and in the belt and the leg belt and who knows where the hell else. Uh, it seems like he's probably got some stuff going on. It, let me so put I'm it this way. Say yes. It. I would say that it lends itself that way because it's Batman. Mm-hmm. But if I saw the same less uh, uh, less symbolized version of an outfit mm-hmm. on anybody playing the Punisher. I would just be like, oh, he's going to kill a lot of people with whatever's right. in that belt. Right. Well, uh, you know, we would assume Batman's not running around with bullets and shit. I mean, yeah. we would assume, but, you know, who knows. What I don't want to see is like Batman and Robin where you there's nowhere on that on any of these suits for them to carry anything. And then they just like reach behind them and pull out some big chunky piece of, you know, laser or something. And you're like, oh, no, that's the Batman you, 66 shit. <laughs> you pulled that shit out of your ass, didn't you? You pulled that laser gun out of <laughs> your ass in the prison to freeze pocket. that ice. For sure. Where did that battering come from? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen you with a grappling hook. You had a batarang. You had like a laser thing. None of you don't have pockets or on pouches. that batarang. That you don't have pouches, rope. Oh my god! Just yeah. Anyway, we ha- have a voicemail from Chris, and he's talking pretty much nothing about uh, about nothing but the 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 Batman suit. Uh, you want to go ahead and play that? Sure. Let's do that. Hey Dave. Hey Jason been a while since i've called into the show this is chris um i just got done listening to you guys talk about the uh Pattinson suit and uh i think jason might be hitting onto something here you know like don't really get married to the idea of the suit and it's not because of screen tests or changes or anything like that like uh you know this is potentially very mild spoilers i'm gonna say like don't listen to the next five or ten seconds if you don't want to absolutely know anything you know fair warning but apparently there's going to be a big confrontation in a cathedral early on in the film where that suit is going to get absolutely destroyed and there's going to be another suit that comes into play after that so this is kind of his prototype bat suit which is why it looks the way it does you know with the stitch together nose like the adam west kind of look you know even the gun you know might have if that is in fact joe chills gun you know might be the way that it is but this is not only like kind of a proto like screen test for you know fan reactions of the suit but it's probably going to be a prototype suit within the movie itself you know because if i'm not mistaken this is meant to be pretty early in batman's career so and the suit that we might be looking at i have no confirmation on any of this but it seems to be very uh inspired somewhat by the uh, Spider-Man stealth suit from Far From Home, like much more tactical and darker. And there's a good chance we might see the white eyes as well as a more traditional bat symbol on the chest that maybe they might take a little more inspiration from the Kevin Smith story where he melted, you know, the guns down at armor. I don't know. 
I just uh, I wanted to throw that out there, see what you guys thought. Um, keep up the great work. Love you guys. Miss you guys. And uh, have a great day. <laughs> Bye. All right. So thank you, Chris. And we love you and miss you too, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did warn you guys. Spoilers. Uh, possibly. I don't buy it necessarily because these rumors come from a guy on Reddit. So who the hell knows? Now, I don't think this is going to be... Uh, I don't know about the cathedral, but I don't think this is going to be his final suit, obviously. Uh, if they ever do a sequel, he could spend this whole movie in this suit. If they do a sequel, there's going to be a new suit. Oh, I would yeah. guess there's going to... Yeah. And I would guess there's going to be a new suit by the end of this movie. Like, Batman movies, t- you know... Two suits. Minimum. <laughs> usually have a couple Minimum. of suits. Usually have a couple of suits. Um, no, the exception is Batman Begins, I think. And in that case, it was zero suits versus one suit, which I could argue is two suits. Right. You had Bruce Wayne's suit, and then you had... Yeah, if, it, you know, if it's an origin story and, and you don't have a suit, eh, it's still two suits. Mm-hmm. For the sake of our argument. But I can't help but wonder if they're going... Like, we've seen some set pictures of like pumpkins and shit. And like, I, I think we're going to get like Long Halloween to some degree. Some of that's going to be there. I can't help but wonder... If we're not going to actually just get year two, I'm wondering if we're going to get like the first like three or four years of Batman's adventures. Yeah. And an overarching detective story where you could really like push the needle with his, with his arc and actually see him through at different times. If I was Matt Reeves, that's totally how I would do it. Like you could get, you could basically get from origin to at least one Robin in one, in one fell swoop. In like 25 minutes if you wanted to. Yeah. And I think that would be uh, unprecedented. We wouldn't, we, we would have never have seen that. You can go through several villains, establish several villains that, you know, you don't necessarily have to have origins for, for the general audience. A bunch of them people will know. Some of them people won't know. And Most they'll be of like, them are that just guy? named the thing that is their gimmick. You'd be fine. Yep. So like, I think you could definitely Some of the richest that. commentary on anything in the history of fiction but mm-hmm. they're also named pretty on the point so you can just get away with things and in that way you can have you know a big star show up as a district attorney who isn't necessarily um going to be of consequence later except that he you see the passage of time and you see him pass the baton to harvey dent you can you know you could see like sort of the uh the arc oh, yeah. for all of you the could, characters and all the for all the people in Gotham over the course of several years until we actually get to a point where we, we as Batman fans recognize like all of the major players. And I think that would be an incredibly smart way of doing the first of a Batman trilogy or even just a single Batman movie that you were never going to hit again. Like if you were just like looking and going like, look, the origin is more than the Wayne's dying. The origin is more than, you know, Bruce Wayne piddling around in, you know, the East or whatever, and learning some martial arts. Like this dude needs to get back to Gotham. He needs to meet up with Gordon. We need to see that relationship blossom and become like, it cheapens it for them to have like one adventure together and be like, and now there's a bat symbol. Like, yeah, I feel like it would be pretty amazing to be able to like go along and see multiple, uh, high, high watermarks for Batman all represented. And then also bring in, an overarching uh, detective story, something that Batman's been working on and trying to figure out for several years. I think that would be really cool. And hopefully that's where they're going with it. I, I think, I think I'd be down for that. 
Yeah, I can get behind that. And uh, especially the first scene. What, by the way, my exception to I I do try to stay away from spoilers as much as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. But if it's something where it's uh, an origin story in the first, literally the first act of a movie, I mean, I can deal with that. I'm not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna walk away angry from whatever screen I'm looking at at the time. Right. So this kind of spoiler, if it is such, is uh, I'm okay with that. But yeah. I don't necessarily think that's where it lands, and it doesn't seem to be corroborated. So it it may not be. But the seed of what they were suggesting, the idea that in the first uh, in the first few minutes, we'll say twenty, um, that that suit is eviscerated. It's not a bad place to go. It's not a bad place to go, honestly. Um, yeah, I can get behind that hard, just super hard. That's and I normally don't even entertain Reddit things. And that's I don't lend a lot of uh, uh, credit to Reddit. Reddit general, Reddit uh, scoops are generally made up to impress people on Reddit. It's <laughs> great for memes, not great for genuine reporting. Yeah, it's really terrible because you have people wind up on Twitter fighting over things that aren't real. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because... Places like Cosmic Book News, Screen Rant, uh, you know, I would have said Comic Book News a few years ago, but they've actually gotten pretty good about it. Um, mm. CBR has gotten worse. I swear they have a different editor or something, but it's who just is CBR? Comic oh, Re- Comic Resources? Book Resources? Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. I, I wouldn't. They've gotten worse over the last, the better part of a year about just yeah. seriously clickbaity shit that uh, I don't know. Seems like yeah. they have. So uh, you know, I. Everybody's got those sites out there that they say that they don't trust, and that's fine. I, I've certainly have them. Uh, so, but yeah, I normally don't entertain too much of what Reddit's uh, talking about. But um, I kind of hope this one's a little bit true. Honestly, Th- that seems kind of cool. I really do. I like the seed of what's happening there, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was true. But if it's mm-hmm. only found on Reddit, chances are not real news yet. Yep. Uh, now, uh, Jake Hamilton had a an interview with uh, Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, I think Robert's a great actor. He's going to do great. And um, there was a an article with The New Yorker. I think it was The New Yorker. Now I'm not sure because I don't trust myself. I, I can't <laughs> remember. But it was, it was a major news outlet. Yeah. And I, I want to say this. Look at this. He, he says about Jeff Johns. He says, and his stint with the Batman. He says, we had a script. I liked the script. I wrote it with Jeff Johns, who I, who I have a lot of respect for. So that's Ben Affleck saying that. God, just those two in a room makes me very happy. He says, it just so happened that I had done a couple of those movies and I kind of lost my passion for it. You know what I mean? I kind of lost my passion for telling those stories. I got interested in telling stories more like this. Uh, and it just seemed like very clear to me that if it's not the most important thing in the world to you, you're not going to make a very good movie. The movie deserves to be made by someone who's dying to do it and can't wait. And that wasn't me at this time. So I moved on. Actually, I think that was still with Jake Hamilton. Now with the New Yorker, he says he was talking about his divorce, which he was going through and he started drinking a lot. when his marriage started falling apart in 2015, 2016, and it's still like his biggest regret is the divorce. And, uh, And he recalled that I quote, I showed somebody the Batman script. They said, I think the script is good. I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through what you just went through again. That is a valid reason to step away, guys. It is that 
quote, that single pull quote is the most realistic thing I've ever heard coming out of jail in general. Mm-hmm. That the the that's and fucking good for him. I mean, I'm I'm sad for us. I like I'm sad for us that we didn't get more of his character and and his take and and that's it's probably the end. I mean, f- fact. But yeah, man, probably. so good for him that he had. <laughs> He had the wherewithal to notice that that was a turning point for him and and go another direction. I'm so happy yeah. for him. Now, um, talking, he was with talking to Cinema Blend though, and he was uh, he did reference uh, or he was asked about Justice League and the Snyder Cut, and he says I didn't know about it that the, the movement that is. He says uh, Zach was like, hey, they're doing this thing, and I said Zach, I love you and I support you. However, I can help you. I do think that movie, you know, having two directors is a very weird thing. And for Justice League, the director had a family tragedy. And so you have kind of a cow's body with a horse's head a little bit with two directors a lot of times, for better or worse. Uh, I do think Zack's cut should be made available. We knew that he felt that way, though. Um, now, Matthew Salvatore asks By the way, us, the hot takes on the headline of him, you saw him too, right? I don't know. I don't really At- look... After I Affleck have said, it. I think it should be made available. Uh, every manner of headline and calls for and all these other things. No, he didn't uh-huh. call for it. Well, that's calling for it. Saying he thinks no. it should be made available is totally calling for it. Be made available and calling for it is, I don't know, to me, bureaucratically very different. I think you're splitting hairs. Maybe. I think it was a very, <laughs> it was a super sensationalist set of headlines that didn't represent the topic. Yeah, saying he, saying he called for it is, you know, a bit hyperbolic, but at the same time, saying that it's not the same thing in an overarching way, just, yeah, it's kind of splitting hairs. Like, I, I could see both sides of this. How does that work? Is that all right? I get it. I mean, I, I support you and I love you, Jason. Anything you need me here for, <laughs> I'll, <laughs> however I can help you, while still I, maintaining I, my own opinion. <laughs> I do. <laughs> there was a lot made of it that I thought was uh, sensationalist, but if they had said demands, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I demands would be, would be that, and I think I did see that headline. Um, yeah, like it, it, it's very different. And saying that you support a thing is not—it's just not the same as you know marching the streets, right, with a picket sign, which is what some of that made it sound like. Yeah, now marching the streets with a picket sign isn't really marching the streets with a picket sign. It's getting on Facebook and being like, I don't like this. <laughs> I mean, even then. Even with that distinction. Anyway. Pure Genius Lego, Matthew Salvatore over on Twitter says, Should WB cast an actor as Batman to continue the role that Affleck started so that we can have a Batman going forward in the DCEU? Does the DCEU need a Batman? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Each episode is a blast. You guys are gentlemen and scholars. Cheers, clinking beer mugs. <laughs> my, I've never heard my, that uh, emoji <laughs> said uh, lengthwise, and I love it. And that's how he typed it out. Oh, is that? Oh, fantastic! I thought it was yeah, just like he typed the, that out. the opposing beer mugs and emoji. He mark. may, have, you know what? I copied and pasted it. He may not have typed that out. It may have just copied over and like pasted with. I don't know. Maybe just anyway. translated it for you. It that's may fantastic. have. I don't know. But look, uh, I I personally. I don't think we need a Batman in the DCEU necessarily. We can, you know, make mention. Like, I've talked about this before. I think they could take Richard Citrone, throw him in. We we have, like, 
a uh we don't ever have to really see his face they can keep him in shadow make him more of a mystery just have like a you know bat flex sound alike murmuring the things that justice league members or whoever you need and it would work fine um they could also um because of so many mentions of of batfleck being too old for this in 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 justice league they could literally have ben affleck come in and just play bruce wayne and that be it they could have him come in briefly and pass the torch to dick grayson they could have him come in and play old man Bruce Wayne who passes the torch to freaking Terry McGinnis. They could do Batman Beyond straight up. DCU, Batman Beyond. Let's yeah. just do it. There's so many different options. So many options where they would be like, hey, guess what? You can make the movies you want to make. You can care about all the things and still be part of the universe. You don't have to get into shape now. So all of that pressure, which is, by the way, a tremendous amount of pressure, mm-hmm. is off. You're 50 years old. Don't worry about working out. You can sit in this chair and and mutter curses at this young kid in a Batman suit, and we'd Which all be fine fun. with it. It sounds fun. It sounds like a thing I'd like to see. Uh, I think they should. I think that's probably where they should go with it. Is to say, hey Ben, will you come back and play Bruce in in some capacity? Yeah. And then have Richard be or another stuntman actually go forward being Batman. Um, or a, a new actor play, you know, playing either Dick Grayson or some, you know, other iteration of of the uh, of the mantle. I mean, and knowing that Flashpoint is still supposed to be our Flash movie is supposed to still be a Flashpoint movie. Mm-hmm. You know, there's fucking you can do a lot of things with that, and you could. the fact that the CW is now part of this universe in a way. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of room to play. There, you can you can make this work. You can make a recast work. You can make a uh, not even a recast. You can make Robert Pattinson a new member of the Justice League, and it, you could still make it work. You could do that too. Yeah. There's it, you have no boundaries at this point. Just mm-hmm. choose your universe and go forward. There's nothing I would not do the Pattinson. Me. I wouldn't do the Pattinson thing. I would try to retain as much of Affleck in canon as I can. To make those fans happy. You could easily hand the baton off. You could. With very little effort from Affleck. Yep. Very much could. Let's get over to the Suicide Squad real quick. Uh, (laughs) Someone asked over on Instagram, asked uh, James Gunn, how much research do you do before writing the script for the movie, like comic-wise? James Gunn said, well, before writing Suicide Squad, I reread every single Suicide Squad comic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if... Every single or reread is my favorite part of that sentence. Uh-huh. But I uh-huh. love both of them. <laughs> I'm also a little bit wanting to say bullshit because there's so many. But but a major line of it, yeah. If he's willing to drop that line, I'll bet he's read a fucking ton of Suicide Squad comics. Oh, I believe him. I think he's read every one. I can deal with that, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh... Someone also asked him, what was that second choice you had in mind for a DC movie? He says, I had two. Maybe you'll find out someday, but mm-hmm. not today. I hope to. And uh, he was also asked uh, by a fan to name his favorite script that he's written so far. And he says, my favorite screenplays, you mean? I love the movies. Uh, I love the movies I directed all the same so far, but I think I love the Suicide Squad script the most. Also, love the scripts for Dawn of the Dead, Super, and the specials. God, Super was so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that was that was a fantastic one. Yep, and um, so Steve G just wrapped the Suicide Squad here in Panama. Mm-hmm. 
he says, what a fun six months has been. Thanks, James Gunn, for letting me be a part of it. And then James Gunn threw out this saying, you're welcome. And you're incredible in the movie, even though you might not be quite who people think you are. Hold on. I don't know what it, I don't know what other people thought, but I thought King Shark. I thought that's what we had heard over and over again. I, me too. I was just taking a quick look and yeah, that guy. Okay. Uh-huh. I thought that's who I was dealing with. Um, I don't know. But damn, I usually like that guy when I see him. Yeah. Uh, over to New Gods. Tom King was talking a little bit yeah, about the uh, the process. He says, we're in the middle of the process. There are words on paper and they look nice. I can verify my assumption from the beginning. Now that I've seen Ava write, that she's a modern day genius in storytelling and finding emotional beats. It's not a surprise, but it's a relief to know that your assumption is true. I can tell you the biggest challenge of the whole thing is to make it personal and make it good. Not make the bureaucracy of Hollywood and comics and all that stuff get in the way of a singular vision of what this story is about, which is about Jack Kirby and his world. Man, that's oh, all man. I needed, man. That's Those are goddamn good words. Those are great words. <laughs> and he's... I mean, damn, he's a good writer. I'm, I'm yeah. sure I'm being canceled <laughs> right now by saying it. He's a great writer for DC stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm 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 excited. I mean, I can't even imagine. God, imagine a Mr. Miracle movie with exactly that novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want that to be fair. Like, I actually want like a New Gods movie. Oh, but, I want a um, New Gods movie. I'm just saying, if that's his yeah. credentials, yeah, just roll him the right the fuck up to the table. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, he's he's normally pretty accurate about what he's talking about. Like, just just following him on Twitter, he's normally pretty uh, straightforward about what he's writing mm-hmm. and how he feels about it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Brintac Prime <laughs> over on Twitter. This is the guy that uh, does uh, Fans Without Borders uh-huh. and Marvel uh-huh. Squadcast. He asks us a question here. Uh, he says, do you ever wish you could go back to just finding out a movie or about a movie when you see a trailer, watching the movie and not following all the behind the scenes stuff? All the time. Yes, absolutely. Every day of my life. But <laughs> at the same time, I we started this show because I kept compulsively looking this stuff up and calling Jason. Yeah. Or he was compulsively looking it up and calling me. Yeah. I mean, it's why we're here. But I, I genuinely envy the part of me. And there was so much less content than where we are now. But I genuinely envy the quick journey that I took as mm-hmm. a person. Journey when... Smollett? <laughs> yeah. Like, do you remember just knowing a thing was going to be out there and maybe uh-huh. seeing a trailer and then just watching that thing and getting to consume it without any kind of context that was yeah extraterrestrial to that movie? I remember just, I mean, this was pre-orgasmic for me because I was a little kid. But uh, just that's the that's the closest I can come to the level of joy that I experienced while I was randomly watching an episode of Martin and a freaking spot for Batman Returns came on. I had no idea they were making the a 89 to that spot. Movie. No, 92. Like Batman oh. Returns. I had no idea they were making a sequel to Batman. All of a sudden there's Penguin, there's Catwoman. I was f- familiar with the 66 series because of course I watched the 89 movie and went, oh my, or 88 movie. It was 89. The 89 no, movie I mean, and went, I have to have more. Yeah. As you've explained, um, you, your mom took you and you <laughs> it changed your life. It did. It changed my life. Which and nice. but just the, like, I had no idea that there were uh, all the, any kind of negotiations going on. No one said, hey, Michael Keaton's back. I never heard anything. All I knew is all of a sudden... In between, you know, Martin telling Pam to get to stepping. 
<laughs> I really want yeah. that. I really want that show on DVD. I, I miss that show. <laughs> but in between that and him telling Tommy he ain't got no job, all of a sudden there was this fantastic little spot where all of I just all at once knew Michael Keaton is back, Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman, Danny DeVito, dude from Taxi is going to be Penguin, and Tim Burton is back. And oh my god, that looks incredible! And it was the most one of the most exciting things. It's like the most exciting time I could remember. Just like shock and awe just suddenly like bam this is happening and because of instances like that i kind of needed a fix and i started subscribing to film magazines and mm. <laughs> ruining my life yeah because now <laughs> i know everything every production problem i've got wizard magazines out the wazoo Goddamn i know every set photo <laughs> yeah um between that and like going to like Food World or whatever and seeing, uh, I, I think it was a TV guide maybe or, or maybe it was a uh, one of those like official movie magazines for Batman Forever and I went, holy shit, this is happening! Like, man, yeah. Or uh, another great another Food World story is like when I went to went and saw Wizard magazine and they were like Batman animated series is coming back to Kids WB and I was like, what the shit and just had like just begged for that five dollars to be spent on wizard magazine so i could just devour that article over and over again yeah i i do i do miss uh i've been looking for that fix ever since that's my drug i get and, that uh, i mean I, yeah for for me some of it started so early i don't remember like i have i'm i can i'm looking at right now the two tickets for superman 4 mm-hmm. that are on my wall that my dad bought that are just it, he apparently was so impressed by my viewing of it. Like he, he said, I'd never been so still for so long. Um, <laughs> it, like that's, and, and I do actually have memories of when I was about three ish, having a Superman outfit that I just would not take off. I mean, I to yep. bathe, that's it. And you know, th- then there was a gap like, and, and also had a Spider-Man phase where I was super uh, into Spider-Man for a minute. Cause yeah, fucking great character. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, I don't, there was like a gap where I think I was just, I don't know. I was off book a little bit and just learning other shit and, and didn't, there's nothing on my plate. And then suddenly BTS comes around and I'm just fucking crying. If I don't get home from school in time to watch it. Uh-huh. And, and you know, <laughs> then it morphs into Batman beyond and everything else. But uh, yeah, like uh, there was a gap, but there wasn't, there was no expectation. Like, I don't know when, I mean, I, I do have a vague memory in the interim of uh, being so young that I was just like laying on my parents' bed because my sister had tied up the living room TV and just mm-hmm. laying on my parents' bed and watching their TV to, to watch the reruns on Saturday of uh, Batman 66. But it was yeah. also so young that I thought that was real. Like I was genuinely worried about whether they'd make it to the end of the episode and shit. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I see. I was I was to the point where I didn't realize that it was really meant to be a comedy for a minute. Like I just thought, like, oh no, no is, I thought this was this is, this is cheesy. I was 60s worried. Stuff. I was genuinely worried about them. But I didn't. Yeah, I didn't believe it was real. I mean, no, I didn't believe it was real. I just was genuinely worried about their characters. Like I, I could differentiate oh, okay. that. But I was genuinely you know, worried about, like, well, I don't know. I mean, is is Robin going to die this time? I don't know. Actually, that's that's a that's a great point because when I was six, I there was a little girl that lived next to me named Mandy, and her, her shitty older stepbrother uh, 
would come to visit from time to time. And he knew I was really into Batman because I always had my, my Batman toys out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, he told me, and I had no context, and apparently he had none to give because he was a filthy cash. But <laughs> he, 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 I, he said... Sounds like he was oh, being a dick for dick sick. He was like, have you seen where Robin dies yet? Oh. And I was like, no. And I wasn't sad about it. It, was, it didn't break my heart or anything. But then it was like every episode of 66 Batman, I was like, is this the one? Yeah. I didn't realize he was talking about like the comic book where Jason Todd dies. I thought oh. he was like, because that was a relatively Completely new thing. out of context. That was like that two years old. Deep. Yeah, that was like because two years old. Because there was no internet like, to research such a thing with it. <laughs> right. So I was just like, every episode I was like, this might be the one. This might be the one where Robin bites it. Yeah. I mean, and I, I just I like probably... 12 or 13 and i i went to a sleepover to a guy's house and uh I, yeah i always always outlasted i mean i was always the last to go to sleep I, i've just always been that way and yeah. the uh i remember like looking over and seeing in a basket the death of superman the mm-hmm. like the tpv and went what <laughs> and stayed up for the next several hours just reading that shit mm-hmm. and uh being like genuinely I remember the next day being kind of hard. Like I, that, that wrecked me a little bit. Yeah. Cause I, I was not prepared like, for that. Penally. <laughs> yeah. Dick surely. No. Whatever you, how do you want to put that? No, I, Erotically hard, I guess. Uh, to, phallically I, hard. Phallically. That's a good one. That's, that's had, the one. I had to find my peace in different ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I genuinely don't remember if it had all four Superman or if it was just the, the doomsday part. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being kind of thin, so I'm just going to bet that it was the Doomsday part and didn't have the follow-up with all the other wannabe Superman and all that other crap. Like yeah. Radicator, Last Son of Krypton, all that shit. Oh, dude, um, Bane breaking Batman's back totally, like, between that and Death of Superman, that totally, like, fueled me into getting the to comics further. But Batman was the real the real big one. Like, but even, like, finding out Robin died at some point, man, there was just something deal. about, even at, like, five, six years old, like, the, the promise of stakes... Yeah, yeah, I did get, I did get that. I mean, I, I didn't when I was watching Superman films early on. I don't think I would have gotten that because I think I was just watching in amazement because I was literally the person that they were talking to and they're like, "You won't believe a man can fly" or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was, I was so young that I, it was perfect. Like I, I can only imagine me watching. I mean, I remember staying up really late because at some point it wasn't. It must have been Nick at night. Because I think mm-hmm. it's the only affiliate that would have done this. But I remember the old Chris, uh, not Chris Reeves, George Reeves, uh, yeah. Superman show. Like the old black yeah. and white airing at a, at a time when there's no way I would have done that. But I was staying up till one in the morning to watch it as a fucking eight-year-old. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that well. That was exciting when they started playing that. Oh, that, yeah, that's great. I want to say it was TV Land, but it may have been Nick and Night. It was one or the other. TV Land didn't uh, exist till our teens. I can tell you that definitively. Uh, maybe. Promise or, you. Okay. Promise you. Because uh, it was, uh, like, I watched Nick and Knight religiously for the longest time, and it was a big marketing point if, uh, like, when TV Land came out, mm-hmm. that there was going to be this other channel doing it. Like, like, genuinely, if I'm wrong, someone please tell me because I'm having a stroke. <laughs> I don't remember it being that late in my life that they started airing uh, the Early George Reeves Superman. I, oh, yeah, no. I wanted to say it was after TV Land, but I might be wrong. I remember it being early enough that, like, early enough that I had to stay up to watch it or get up really early. Mm-hmm. 
Are you gonna you gonna tell me if I'm having a stroke? I hear I heard keys tapping. Yes. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I'll prepare myself. I have a tangerine liqueur here. I might as well prepare myself for the news. This is gonna be a medical diagnosis at this point. <laughs> well, I'm gonna oh, hold on. Maybe I can try. Let's try, try a different thing. When did when did TV Land start? That would be the first part in my diagnosis. Yes. April 29th, 1996. So, we, yeah, we were about 12 or 13. Yeah, that feels right. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, it, don't even try, honey. You finding when You finding when that <laughs> show was aired in reruns is just, mm, no. That's, that's well, research for another day. The Adventures of Superman ran on TV land from 2000 to 2004. No, I watched it before that for sure. Then Nick at Night is our answer. Nick at Night. Had to be. I mean, uh, the I would remember if I'd watched this literally in high school. <laughs> this is another moment where people are shouting at us. I know. Just get on with the show, you we bastards. We didn't know. There is no more of the show. We're, this is how we're wrapping up. I promise you that right now. Tell you what, we'll wrap up with this mystery. Let Dave get to the bottom of it. I may or may not have had a stroke. We'll finish that mystery as well. And then we'll, we'll, I hate to we'll tell wrap you this, up. Man. We'll get out. I really hate to tell you this. What? The Adventures of Superman does not appear to have aired on Nick at Night. Nah, uh, maybe not Nick at Night. Just around the same era that I was watching stuff. Mm-hmm. But like it was you, definitely not that. retconning your own history now because you've been proven wrong. All right. No, I just, it was so early. There's no way. Uh-huh. No fucking way. All right. Let's, uh, you want I didn't to have do... time. I was running. <laughs> I, was, I, w- I was working my ass off in the theater department of high school my entire high school career. I did mm-hmm. not have time to watch Nick at Night. All right. Well, look, we got a little bit of TV news. Shoot. Oh, God. Yeah, we you... have TV news. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. You want to go to break for a second? Yeah, sure. All right. All right. We're back from, from commercial, I guess. <laughs> Commercial, all right, and TV Land research. We got we got some we got a couple questions here, but real quick, the Flash, the Death of the Speed Force, and Legends of Tomorrow, Mister Parker's cul-de-sac. They were originally scheduled for March third. They're going to be delayed with reruns, probably to avoid competing with Super Tuesday coverage. So that's happening. That's fair. Um, I reported this a couple weeks ago. Uh, from well, I shared the TV Line link. Looks like uh, Netflix is uh talking about doing a sixth season of Lucifer, which would make total sense because that show has done incredibly well in the streaming. Yeah. It's like the and most streamed for me, a show of 2019. As far as how much I love it. Yeah. If they keep it up, the quality up, I'm totally down. But if they start treading water again, nix it. Yeah. Did I tell you the and, wife, uh, uh, I convinced her to watch it last week? I don't think so. <laughs> and and uh, somewhere during the middle of that, I kind of chimed in like walked past and she was still watching it. I said, it's a different show, right? She, oh, it, it's incredible. This is way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where mid episode on the finale of last season, I walked through and realized she was watching it and said, are you tied to this right now? <laughs> we like, we got Evelyn to sleep so that I could watch the rest of that with her. Mm-hmm. Cause I just wanted to watch the finale again. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, so that fourth season that Jason was just talking about, is mm-hmm. going to be um, available digitally on May 11th and on DVD the next day, May 12th. And Warner Ar- Archive or Warner Archive is going to be releasing the season on Blu-ray. 
as they've done with previous seasons. Uh, and Brentech Prime, once again, has a couple more questions for us. Uh, he wants to know why we think Connell is the best Superboy, for, first of all. Hmm. I kind of personally think that um, he doesn't have much competition because, like, the, the original Superboy was pretty much just, like, Superman Jr., except he was just younger Superman, you know? Um, yeah. I don't really like and the... I that's personally, even compared to the Superboy that was, like, a teenager that was completely out of context and did not did not make any sense. Yeah, I, I like Connell because he's, uh, he's well, in, in my head, I subscribe to the continuity where he's, you know, a, a mixture of Superman and Lex. And that he's like constantly kind of battling both of those or both of those sides are battling each other inside of him to some degree. Um, I really like I like that he went from like the 93, 94 uh, cocky asshole kid to still being kind of cocky. But, you know, having friends, learning to trust people, actually sacrificing himself like he, he became a a a broader character, and plus he has a leg belt and a leather jacket. <laughs> she doesn't hurt a thing. <laughs> There's a lot to that character that I love. Um, uh huh. Same time, if you gave me Jonathan Kent, uh, I I kind of love him too, especially in the new like the the takes they're doing now, where it's I mean he's just Superman again, but with new problems and uh, new context and. Uh, you know his best friend's Damien, who mm-hmm. it's kind of fun to see their relationship. Where uh, you know you see John Kent with all the possibility and wonder and hope in his eyes, and you see Damien just uh, a boy raised from very different circumstances. <laughs> yeah, but their relationship I've always found very endearing. Like yeah. factually, and you know in the books as they are currently, that those two love each other very much, and. Uh, clearly like enjoy hanging out just in the sense of uh just in the old sense of the word like the lewis black sense of the word hanging out they can just spend yeah. time with each other and they enjoy it and they value it i like that i can feel you and they're kind of like a characterization like a, a cartoonized version of their older selves that's kind of fun to watch yeah you can see that uh he says or he asks uh if you could have sorry what is the most recent comic you read and how was it uh literally the most recent uh-huh. Uh Killer Smile Part Three. I forget the uh writer and the name. It was on the black label. It's a comic where the the main uh, the protagonist is a person who gets the chance to interview Joker and like so many things do, it goes very poorly. Mm-hmm. Um he loses giant chunks of time because the Joker gets in his head. Um he he forgets that uh, it's, it hasn't been a few weeks. It's been a year. And then he forgets, uh, what's going on. And he, uh, by the end of it, just, uh, is, is completely in his thrall. And, uh, honestly, it's pretty fucking good. Cool. The, I mean, uh, the completely abandons his family. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was pretty great. Short of that, it would have been the new justice league run, which looks pretty fun. Basically, uh, speaking of which the eradicator is back. Oh, cool. And, uh, Honestly, the last frame of that is mm-hmm. spoilers here. I'm sorry, but uh, Scott Snyder's off the book. I, I forget who's on. I'm sorry. A lot of writers, a lot of books. All right. But uh, the last frame of Justice League 41 is uh, the Eradicator holding up Wonder Woman and a national, like an international broadcast, saying, "Don't look to the skies. We've they've already been defeated." And he holds her up, and I genuinely cannot tell. 
from the way she's drawn if she is dead. Hmm. It look it looks that crucial, that critical. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um I mean probably not, but you know, fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the uh I think the the last comic I read in full was probably like the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths 100 page giant number two. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last comic I read was a portion of Star Trek: The Next Generation: The Space Between from IDW, and it's just all right. It's you know, <laughs> it's a little disappointing so far. It's perfectly okay. It's all right. You know, it's a little disappointing because, you know, it's got like Tasha Yar on the cover. It's got Data. It's got Picard. And it's got like every Enterprise from the original Enterprise to the Enterprise E. And I was like, that looks dope. And it hasn't quite delivered on that cover, mm. but it's fine so far. I ha- I need to read the whole thing. I, yeah. I'm the, covers, the covers never deliver. Right. <laughs> covers are I, lies. I'm, I'm floating through it right now and sort of just kind of, well, I'll get back to it. But it's not my primary read. I don't know if you have like multiple reads and you have your primary read that you're really like deep dicking and then you'll kind of float to other little things. But no, I do that with the shows, with the with the weekly side piece read physically sitting on my table. I'll (laughs) like I will. This this cracks me up. So two to three weeks is my time from when I've picked it up to when it's going to be read. Mm-hmm. Well, I say that zero to three weeks. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's not depending on what's going on. So, but I'll have a stack of comics, you know, up to four inches high of stuff that I'm only a few weeks out on. Mm-hmm. And when it comes time to actually read them before I read them, I will go back and recategorize and I'll do it a by uh, publish date and B by how much I'm interested. Yeah. So it, it'll, it'll be like a, tiramisu of of layers of stuff that i've decided that no 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 this one's top as soon as i get a chance i'm reading that and then i'll subcategory of uh other stuff that week and then go mm-hmm. back because i don't want to like read i don't want to read into a week before yeah makes sense but yes i categorize that way for sure okay uh, stuff i'm more interested in than the other stuff yeah also the DC continuity goes first outright, and then the other continuities go second. Mm-hmm. In case I don't have time to get to all of them. Right. Well, my primary read right now is um, "Consider This" by Chuck Palahniuk. It's a mm. book on writing from one of my favorite writers. So yeah, yeah, uh, that's, that's what I'm doing. Uh, Brent asks if you could have picked one person from across DC to show up in Crisis who wasn't there, living or not, who would you pick? Kyle Rayner. Easy. Blue Beetle. <laughs> they they've teased that damn blue beetle quite enough for you haven't they i mean i'll take kyle Rayner out all day but fucking give me goddamn ted court fair enough i feel like those are, that's funny because those are two characters they have or those are two uh i would watch a show franchises with those two. yeah those are two franchises i guess blue beetle and green lantern they've teased probably more than anything in the cw yeah and that's what we said yeah um and I just don't want Hal because I'm I I like Kyle better. I get it, but yeah, you know. to me he's a a more interesting character uh, for me personally. But yeah, not that Hal Jordan uh, doesn't have a lot of shit going on. But honestly, there's um, not a single Green Lantern that doesn't have like a major focus. In, mm-hmm. Like fucking even even including Jessica Cruz. Like her story right now in the books with Jessica is she, she not to understate it, but Darkseid came at her with the Omega beams. Mm-hmm. She came back. That's right. That shit don't happen. <laughs> That's great. Right. Um, yeah. 
Britt also wants to know how cool we think John Kent John Kent is, even though he's not as cool as Connell. <laughs> I will say this. I am unfamiliar with John Kent as a teenager. I know that he became a teenager and that he subsequently went to uh, chillax with the Legion. Yeah. I do not know him uh, except through Super Sons, uh, largely, and I haven't read all that. I've read enough to go like, this is a lot of fun. I want more. But... um. I, I really like the idea of a, of a kid and I, it's fine that he became a, a teenager and I like the idea of there being like a proper Superboy, Superman Jr. type of Superboy and I like the idea if, if they're going to have Connell and this kid, it's the best of both worlds, you can have both, throw one in the future, keep one in present day, that's fine. Uh, but I also really like the idea of a playmate for Damien. I like the idea of, of having that uh, that relationship and I really like the idea of having like a little boy running around with Superman uh, with super uh, and having superpowers I just dig that I think that's cool I like the the idea of like a, a kid running around with his dad being superheroes I really like that so oh yeah um, that part's a lot of fun the and they're both cool in different ways like uh, mm-hmm. Connor's kind of a uh, that what's the word I want here I'm sorry I'm blinking um <sighs> A, like affected you're gonna tell me the word and i'm gonna be really mad at myself uh, i'm not gonna tell you the word because i don't know what the hell you're talking it. about oh okay nonchalant nonchalant aloof that's aloof. the word i wanted yeah aloof uh he's got that kind of cold to him and uh, whereas john uh just has this wide-eyed you know, ap- optimism yeah just fucking experiencing the world kind of cool where like yeah you don't even acknowledge it as cool per se just enthusiastic character like you're behind him yeah, and which is one of the reasons. Which is the reason I love him so much with Damien because he's just like, oh, I love my mom and I love my dad and like I have superpowers and that's awesome and everybody's cool and oh my god, this is awesome. And then you have oh. Damien's like, dude, chill. Yeah, I have. I told what you. What's wrong with you? I think I've told you this. My favorite, one of my favorite beats from the the recent run with uh, John is like he gets aged in the comics. Oh, uh, thank God! I, I thought you were saying AIDS. <laughs> it's like that's a dark turn, Bendis. They would literally be super AIDS. There's no fucking way. Um, he gets aged. Like he goes on this journey with uh, Jor-El, who is yeah. back for yeah. reasons. And uh, right. he goes on this journey with Jor-El through space and time. And because space and time work the way they do, he comes back and he's way older. Right. You know, like seven, eight years older or whatever. And yes. I do believe I just complained about that. <laughs> old enough <laughs> that uh, uh, Cal is pretty peeved about it. But he's also... Happy he's back because it was a question about where the fuck he was for a second. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite beats is uh, on Earth 3, there's like a superwoman that is Lois with her face. Yeah. And uh, they have they have a genuine fight and he he does what he has to to get out of it, but he doesn't he doesn't go overboard. And he's explaining like in, the, you know, like the 17 uh, year old hyper can't get the words out of your mouth fast enough way of explaining things kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's explaining stuff in that, in that tempo. And he has a moment where he kind of explains that, yeah, on Earth three, there's you and it's, it's your face, but you're super one, but you're fucking awful. And turns out I don't have any deep seated resentment because <laughs> I didn't actually want to hurt you. Mm-hmm. I really loved that beat. Cause there's always that beat. Like when they, when they want to use it, the writers always have the beat. Oh, new face. Oh, these hidden emotions that I wanted to talk about. And sometimes they're perfectly valid and a lot of fun to play with. Other times it's just a trope. 
could have leaned on something else, do something more interesting, and really loved them throwing that under the bus. That no, 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 no. He's he loves his parents. That's there's there's nothing like that going on here. <laughs> That's pretty good. That he he's well adjusted. Just Earth three's fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. We got uh, we got two more questions, and these come right, from you- Wobbly Boots eighty five. Hit up. Wobbly Boots says your top three strange bedfellow team ups. Oh fuck! I I don't know if I can do that off the top of my head. I don't either. Like, uh, like I copied and pasted that, that right when we were about to start, and I was like, "Well, shit." I okay, I can give you. I can give you two. Okay, and they're from the comics recently. Okay, uh, no justice. I guess about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. where they all got into different teams that Brainiac yeah. designed to keep the world from collapsing. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the teams on that were like, it would be like Harley, Lobo, and. Uh, I'm having trouble coming up with a third example, but some of the teams in that were ridiculous. Hmm. Uh, like it was like team wonder team mystery team, something and team something. Um, but they were genuinely crazy teams that it, it, enough that I was, uh, confused and amused by the entire thing. Like it, something only brainiac could have come up with kind of thing. Uh, huh. um, maybe, maybe more than that. The recent run of justice league dark, where the major team is uh, Wonder Woman, who, by the way, is the most magical creature that has ever existed, just unlocked. Um, mm-hmm. Blue Devil for a second. Uh, Detective Chimp, for sure. John Constantine. Swamp Thing, um, who's having some trouble recently, but they're going to help him out. Uh, who else? Who was, the, who was the really crazy one? Uh, oh, uh, that was my favorite uh, of the weirdness. Man Bat. But Man hmm. Bat, who's figured out a formula so that he has his mind, but he retains the bat form. Oh, he did Professor Hulk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did okay. Professor Hulk. Okay. I'm not That's sure. Dope. I can do with that. <laughs> not sure how far back it goes. But they referenced it as though it's a, a thing that's happened. And also, uh, <sighs> Kent and I forget his apprentice's name, but without the helmet for a long for the longest time, uh, like until mm-hmm. they absolutely had to. They, they avoided the actual helmet of Dr. Fate for as long as possible. Uh, Nobu? Is it Nobu? Yeah. I felt right. I, was, I wasn't I was trusting myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those? I want to go okay. with those. Those are good answers. Also, uh, given our last review, I'm going to say... I'm going to go with King Shark and Dr. Psycho being on the same team, and I was super excited about it by the end of it. Yeah, okay. That counts, I think. He didn't really give us a whole lot of... Uh specifications here yeah i think we get to play as long as we want to yeah i don't know um i'm i'm gonna say um well my favorite of all time that i've seen so far is um batman and lois mm. uh there's there's a great arc that jeff Loeb did uh with ed mcginnis where lex is president and he's got the kryptonite and lois and, and and batman think that clark's an idiot for not or is too much of a boy scout and they need to he needs to find a way to get in there and, and get that kryptonite away from from lex and uh and lex i mean superman's like dude he's commander-in-chief man he's the highest office in the land i'm gonna respect the office we're good here i'll deal with it my own way and they're clark's full of shit so they like yeah. <laughs> decide to break into they created an elaborate scheme and it's just to, to get this kryptonite out of the white house and it's just really fun they they call in favors they've got other justice league members or former members like helping them out 
go through an elaborate, you know, scheme to get in there. And as like Lois picks the lock or whatever, and like opens the door, Superman's just standing in the Oval Office waiting on them, like looking at them like you idiots. And it was just so fun. And I just love the team up. I really do. That's pretty good. Uh, uh, they, in Event then they did something similar where there's a moment between Batman and Lois where they talk about something something Clark's doing where they kind of they say like, yeah, he would have shown up by now and they'd do something. But uh, the team that unravels that is uh, like Lois, a <sighs> couple other people, question. That's actually a good version of a team up. Lois and the question on the same side. Hmm. That could be fun. Yeah. Event Leviathan was a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, I thought of something I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Batgirl and Commissioner Gordon. Oh, yeah. Like, if you did it where, like, Gordon doesn't know who Batgirl is and she's trying to hide her identity, that could be pretty interesting. You know, in a way, they hinted it in the animated series. Because that one episode where he kind of nods to knowing. Right, right. But if, you know, I'm not saying he wouldn't know, but if she didn't realize he knew and was trying to hide her identity and they were, you know... She was trying not to say certain things, trying not to call him dad, try, you know, yeah. trying to maybe even have like a some sort of like maybe she takes one of Bruce's uh, voice modulator things. <laughs> I, like I'd love a couple of beats where he uh, she's saying something over the radio that he knows is uh, too explicit and kind of covers up the radio so other people can't hear or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like stuff where he's. Yeah. Yeah, stuff where he's got her back on the secrecy part where, yeah, clearly it's his fucking yeah. daughter. He knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense because I don't care how sneaky you are as a 16 year old. They know. They know. So uh, I had a couple other ideas. Mm-hmm. One, I really want to see Hawkman and Plastic Man team up. Mm, I'm in. Yeah. Sounds. That sounds fun and funny. Super fighty. And <laughs> yeah, I I dig that. Um. My last thing is I'm going to say uh, the Joker and Argyle, the sentient oh, sock. The sentient fifth dimensional sock. Uh-huh. Yeah, I could dig that. <laughs> I think it would ultimately be like Joker trying to betray him and take his power. Well, the thing I want to see is Joker trying to betray him and and take his power, but also not completely trusting that he's real. Yeah. Like, I want to see Joker, like kind of arguing with himself a little bit like you know i'm like some I, is this some not beat where the where the is this part of the, my brain right now yeah the bit was effectively <laughs> have you gone crazy even for you but you know how joker would approach that is maybe but we're doing this anyway uh-huh and of course i just have joker constantly referred to him as as kazoo from yeah. flintstones you know or mr Sockman. I don't know. I could hear that Hamill voice calling him sock. Just calling him sock. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, sock Z. Yeah. Yeah. I can get behind that pretty hard. Oh, that's all. You know, there, there have been brief stints where Riddler was a good guy and I would love to see Riddler in the question just because I would love to see who, I would love to see who was the better detective in that scenario. Oh, that gave me an idea. Mm -hmm. I want to see reformed Riddler. Like, grow to the status of, like, Wayne Tech or something, but with, like, I want him to be, like, basically Playmates or or, or some toy company, you know? Like, a little taste or, like, the natural expansion of that that uh, BTAS episode where he was selling toys and shit. And All right. All I, right. I want to see that. 
I actually want him to become a good guy. I think it would be really cool if eventually he figures out who Batman is and they start working together. Like he uses his crazy intellect to like actually become an ally. Oh, it's possible. It is possible. Anyway, uh, one more from Wobbly Boots. He says, if Mongol with all of his yellow lantern rings and Atrocitus with all the power of the Red Lantern Corps teamed up, do you think their combined might would be enough to smash Superman, the League, and the Lantern Corps? I would say yes if you didn't put the Lantern Corps in there. If you keep the Lantern Corps, no way. Aren't there, I, th- I think it's 3,600 sectors in the Green Lantern Corps? I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you, but just the will of Hal Jordan alone, I think he got nothing with a fear-based and rage-based core. Nah. And the League are going to are gonna be there for the Lantern? No. The Green Lanterns, the I mean, League, they've got even, this. Even between him and Kyle, do you want Parallax or Ion? Which one of the God... <laughs> which one of the entities that could have walked up to God and said... I have demands, you know, which one of those mm-hmm. two people would you like to go up toe to toe against? Yeah. If Hal Jordan is there in any capacity, even without Kyle. Yeah. I mean, he's the greatest Green Lantern for a reason. He has like the strongest willpower and shit. Yeah. And Kyle has got the most imagination together. <laughs> what are we even doing here? <laughs> and Gardner has the most son of a bitch of all of them. Yes, which I you know I don't know how much this fight really measures son son of a bitch uh, into it, but it, sure. You know what? I think that measures into willpower a little bit. Okay, that's fine. We can do that. Like but the yeah, most, I mean, the most go fuck yourself. I think willpower has traditionally trumped yellow or fear and rage. Yeah, yeah. And if you add the league in, yeah, I, tough call. I think it's thirty six hundred sectors worth of Green Lanterns. One of which uh-huh. was a planet. Right. Tough yeah. call. I don't Tough think call. they I don't think the I don't think Mongol and Atrocitus with all those rings could take down Mogo. No. Uh recently unringed, I mean it goes back and forth. Unringed recently in the books, uh Superman had to take down Mongol by himself and yeah, it was a problem, but he dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Th- those two toe to toe unringed, eh, Superman's gonna win most of the time. Oh yeah, I think I think unringed they Superman wins. But anyway, that's it. That's all we got. Let's bounce. It's been forever. It has been forever. It's ten thirty, so we Good need to go. Christ. Alright, let's get out of here. We got lives to live. <laughs> and production to do. Because it Indeed. does not end here. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time. Keep us in your ears and keep some DC on your screen. Bye. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv.